Podcast, which is definitely the name of the show, and I didn't almost just forget it. I'm your Pope host, Merrick Kay. Hi, I'm your other co-host, Eric Thurm. Oh, you're the anti-Pope host. I'm the anti-Pope host, yes. Yeah. We alternate. We switch roles. That's an actual Catholic tradition, I think. Um, We talked about it on the last episode, I think. We did, yeah. If you want to go back and hear about the anti-Pope, we talked about that in episode two of the Young Pope cast, um, which isn't what it's called. But um, we're on episode three now, and... Things are starting to get real because we added episode two. Just to be clear, do we do we need to go over the premise of uh, the young pope oh, again? Oh, sorry, I forgot to talk. Yeah, I forgot to mention the premise of the show. Um, Jude Law is a very young pope. Great, the youngest. Is he the youngest? Do he, we have we confirmed that? He's actually that? not. He's uh, the youngest pope in history. I, if I'm remembering this correctly, uh, was like. 18 when he became the pope whoa yeah he was a really i want to hear with that pope yeah he he really was the one who was up to all the youthful papal shenanigans um you know just kind of tossing around his beanie babies in the vatican uh drawing girls names on his notebook installing a big slide oh my god into that, the, into the it, square it, it was basically just risky business yeah um but but that, that's kind of what happened, I believe, is what the history books uh, tell us about this pope. Yeah, but this pope, he is young, and uh, in episode three, we're sort of, we're finding that his actions have had some consequences in the Vatican, and we ended episode two with him giving this this bizarre homily, and now people are sort of trying to, like, figure out, okay, what are we doing with this pope? He's out of control. Yeah, it's it's very confusing, and we get, so so we're going to kind of run through a lot of the big, broader strokes of stuff that happens in this episode. Um, but the Cardinals are kind of like, oh, what's he doing? And and we get, we'll come back to this later because the beginning of this episode is really both like truly ridiculous and really rich. But there's this moment that's also in the trailer where uh, the Pope says to, to Don Tommaso, they chose a Pope they didn't know. And today... They begin to understand. Um, and, and that's kind of what's happening here. Uh, the episode is bookended by a couple of scenes where Voyello goes to meet with Spencer, uh, who are kind of natural enemies, but enemies who both kind of uphold different parts of the, the natural Pope order. Uh, and they talk a lot about the conclave. Do we want to talk a little bit about all the stuff that's happening in this episode where people are like, how did Lenny get elected? Yeah, that's kind of one of the themes of this episode is like... This sort of behind the scenes stuff of like of how Lenny actually became Pope. And we gestured towards this in the last episode, but basically there's this sense that maybe Voyello uh, elected or told people to to vote for Lenny as a compromise between him um, and his like progressive positions and Spencer and his very conservative traditional ones. And that's sort of what he tells people because he wants people to believe in his power. Um, but it comes out in this episode that Voyello didn't tell anyone to vote for him. As, or at least that's what he tells. That's, that's what he tells Spencer. Spencer. Um, at some point, people just started voting for Lenny Bellardo. And it's meant Which, to, like, it's the Holy Spirit is illumining the, the council. As we're reminded in this episode, he is very handsome, possibly more handsome than Jesus. So but keep that to yourself. Yeah, keep that to yourself. <laughs> it, it makes sense. So it makes sense. Uh, but they do. So after this, this meeting, Voyel has another meeting with uh, what I would like to call the Cardinal Squad. Um, you know, the the kind of main guys who just kind of hang around and are like, what's the deal with the Pope? And they're like, Voyello. Who's on that squad? Uh, so we've got Skeletor. Yeah. Uh, we've got Ozilich, who we'll, we'll kind of get to in a second. He has a beard. He has a beard, has a beard yes. Uh, and then there's the one, I don't remember what his name is, but the the kind of slightly more heavy set. Uh, clean-faced one whose job is mostly to look sad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, his face is like a stress ball yeah. um, that has been <laughs> squeezed a little bit He gave a lot of exposition hard. in the first episode. He did, and he hasn't had a lot to do since then. But uh, they meet with the Cardinals, or Voyel meets with the Cardinals, and they're like, what you doing? And he says, and I, I want to make it very clear, 
he says, we have, and then he kind of takes this like very boo, pregnant boo, pause, boo, boo. a young pope. And then Ron Howard kind of chimes in and says, hey, that's the name of the show. Uh, and, and everyone's freaking out because the homily has been a huge PR disaster. Uh, so Voyello goes to the Pope, uh, pre- prepared to resign, which he does not do. Uh, he's prepared to resign, and he's like, yo, dog, we should call a press conference to clarify your homily. Uh, and, and the Pope says, we no longer give interviews. The only interviews we have are with God. And then Sophia, the marketing manager for the Vatican, gets in on this dunking and says, too bad he hasn't requested one yet. It would be quite a scoop. <laughs> and this is one of several moments in the episode where, where Sophia and the Pope make like kind of bad jokes and then just go, ha 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 Like Lenny cracks up. He's just like... He's so into her jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... He's just like holding his course, and basically the only concession he makes uh, to all this, to all the the kind of PR issues that are happening, is he's like, "All right, I will send Sister Mary to go read a prepared speech that I've written that basically just says like I will not tolerate any like oh my god basically anything um as my, I carry out my plan, and that sort of confuses everyone a lot more because they're like, "What plan? Like, what are you talking about?" and they're just like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Sister Mary. And then, like, walks off, and it's very dramatic. Like, like a superhero. The whole speech is just Lenny being like, I am totally indifferent to all of you. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good day. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, this is that's most of what Sister Mary does in this episode. Uh, although, do we want to talk about Sister Mary, or do we want to talk about uh, our dearly departed Cardinal Ozilich first? Oh, God, Papal Dunk Watch. All right, yeah, welcome to uh, this Papal Dunk Watch, the segment where we talk about uh, the most savage dunks that Lenny gets off on the Cardinals. Right, so Cardinal Ozilich, whose personality is basically just beard, like I said before, Um, his job, as it turns out, was to organize the travels of the Pope. So, like, you know, the Pope goes to different countries and, like, waves from the bubble car, and Lenny basically says... I don't need you um, because I'm not going to waste my time traveling anymore. Yeah, he wants to make the the faithful come to him, uh, like like Banksy, um, just like Banksy, just like Banksy, uh, just like Bart. And he makes so he says, "Oh, Ozilich, like I I wouldn't dare to diminish your role." Uh, and and Ozilich looks like he's about to cry. <laughs> And is like, what? Then why do I get the feeling you're trying to diminish me even further? And Lenny just flashes this evil fucking omen grin and says, because it's true. Uh, and there's nothing Ozilich can do about it. Just doing him dirty. Because he's not the Pope. So Lenny makes Ozilich spin the big uh, glowing Pope globe that's in the corner of his office and makes him put his finger down to find a place to go. And he puts his finger down on San Francisco, and then the Pope is just like, oh, congratulations, you've selected Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) You have landed in Alaska. (laughs) He's like, but no, it's San Francisco. He's like, no, it looks like it's Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, definitely Alaska. (laughs) And and, and Ozilich, like, really looks like he's about to, like, openly start bawling. And he says, is it cold there? (laughs) And, and And the Pope says, oh, yeah. Freezing. This isn't the first time he sent someone to Alaska, no, though. No, it's not. That's like, Alaska is like his Siberia. So I'm actually, I'm curious to see whether this specific, it, I think it's the same place in Alaska, too. So I kind of want to see whether he has some kind of, like, past relationship with Alaska. Because he, mm. he says he's So, like, why was he Like, maybe ah. he under the And then and now, oh, we haven't gotten to that 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 part yet. Uh, sorry, guys, we might have to cut that part out. <laughs> that's that was the that's the that's the episode, right? Uh, yes. No. Yeah. Oh my god, I thought you were joking. No, that's no, actually no, no, a real yeah. thing. That yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. That's a real. <laughs> oh the great thing with this show is that anything you can say about it, like any actual spoilers, just sound like a joke. <laughs> uh, several people in the past couple of days have expressed that they thought the show was a joke I had been making. It's all real. It's very real. Um, I've never told a lie about anything that happened on this show. So so that's one cardinal kind of down. And so the other cardinals are like sort of making their own bids to like mm. understand and uh, befriend and like analyze the pup. And Skeletor is up next and he approaches 
Lenny and he gives him a gift, which is this big novelty safety pen because he's an ally. And <laughs> he's, a very, he's a very, very good ally. It's like, Lenny, we need you to stand against fascism. And uh, <laughs> he says, this is a very useful object, but only if you open it because symbolism. Nice. And Lenny is just like, he takes it and with both of his hands just sort of pulls it apart and puts it on his wrist and makes a little bracelet. And he says like, no, oh, it's perfectly useful even if it remains closed. And just like, Skeletor is like, oh no. He got me. Uh, I've been defeated. He, he defeated the safety pin gambit. And uh, <laughs> they sort of have this exchange where he's like, you know, you surprise me because you're so young, but your ideas, you know, you're, you're giving so this speech about like, you, you have to prove that God doesn't exist. Like that's old shit. Like we're past that. Um, and Lenny's just like, oh, you think I'm young? Orphans are never young. God. And they have this whole like weird, like very intense exchange uh, that keeps kind of a two-hander that keeps cutting back and forth between them where they say really ridiculous, like, purple shit about orphans backed by some good-ass strings uh, until finally it just the camera, like, flips back and is like, oh, like, these are just two dudes talking in a field, and it's very weird. Uh, this is a real claustrophobic scene. Yeah, and I don't know. I kind of, like, I'm kind of rooting for Skeletor, though, because Me he's, too. like, the only cardinal that Lenny hasn't really dunked on yet. And he, how could he? He's resistant to dunking. His old bones are just, like, if you try and dunk him, he'll just, like, turn <laughs> into he, dust. He floats. He floats. Like, if you try to dunk him, he comes back up. <laughs> he's just like, nope, sorry, I I kind fly. of love him. He's just trembling in every scene, and there's a scene later on. Oh, God. that's. Do we want to talk about that? Or let's do we want jump, to... Let's jump to that. All right, yeah. to, the, to the real big Skeletor moment in this episode. Yeah. So after... Uh, uh, or do we want to... Let's think we... talk about the next James Cromwell yeah, scene, because Spencer, that kind of leads yeah. into it. Yeah, so basically... Uh, Mary is talking to Voyello and uh, he's like, aren't you worried about the Pope? And she's like, I'm not worried at all. And then just smash like, cut. <laughs> fucking like Joss Whedon smash cut to waking up in bed with a vampire after you said, oh, I'll never have sex with a vampire. vampire. Um, and she's just talking to Spencer like, I'm worried about the Pope. Oh my God. <laughs> Michael, I'm worried. And he's just like, Bruh. and he's wearing... He's wearing oh my God, the fashion. This, it's so this this outfit means a lot to me because it's the only outfit on this show that I think I could pull off. It's the best like non-pope look so far. He's wearing this thick like dark gray cardigan. I don't know if they're slack. I didn't even pay attention to the pants. I was too focused on his top half and aviators just swilling whiskey. And you keep expecting him to just burst into like basically a full Hemingway impression. He's just slouched on this chair in a kitchen. Just, it's ugh. just like such a good look. Like you keep expecting him to light up a cigarette and be like, be like, Spencer, I haven't heard that name for years. Wait, but that that's a good point. Does anyone beside Lenny smoke on this show? Uh, other people, I think, express interest in smoking. But, but no one all... smoked on the show, I don't well, think. Well, because they all, there's a very strict no smoking rule in oh, the Vatican. right. And he's the only one who's allowed to. It's a symbol of his power. Yeah. Because remember, Sophia in episode two is like, do you mind, or, or I think it's Sophia. Oh, yeah. Do you mind if I smoke? And he's like, no, only I may smoke. Yeah, only the, <laughs> sorry, it's a, it's a rule. The Pope says no one can smoke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so, so Spencer, not super pleased really not doing well um and and mary kind of is like you need to help him uh he's struggling you're his spiritual father uh and and eventually spencer calls lenny to his his chambers uh and they have this really unfortunate exchange um in which yeah, they... basically lenny is just like explaining like her, so Mary's whole thing is like, like when they're talking, um, Spencer's like, oh, he doesn't want my help. He just wants me to approve of his mistakes. And Mary's like, well, then go be his father and like, just, you know, withhold your approval. That's what all sons want. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, like dad feelings. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, so basically Lenny's like trying to explain his plan and like defend himself to Spencer. And he's just saying these like like kind of like really Banksy-esque things. It's just like, not going well. Absence is presence. This is the fundamentals of mystery. So that is a thing. Like that is a big thing. And like mystery is a big thing in the church. Um, but he doesn't really. 
Like, he's not explaining it. He just is like, oh, like, we're going to bring the church back to being mysterious. It's a mystery church where kids will ride up in vans and try to find the guy in the rubber ghost costume. I'm just going to start wearing uh, that guy's uh, question. The, I guess that's the Riddler, the question oh, yeah. mark suit. I'm going to steal Jim Carrey's skin suit from the Batman movie. Oh, I could totally see Lenny wearing that outfit. What if he just painted question marks all over, like, the papal robes? God. That would be amazing. That would be really good. Um, yeah, so he's like, uh, mystery, and then everyone has to learn that it takes sacrifice and yeah, suffering to come to, to terms with God. God. You have to find him in the cold, in the dark of night, like I did the Bat Pope. Yes, this is a big, big thing that I want to touch on. Because I think this was the episode, the first time we watched through this, that really nailed down for us that this show is about if Batman were the Pope. Essentially, That's yeah. Up. His parents weren't murdered. They just abandoned him. They abandoned him, but he says stuff where he just is like, he's like, you know, I like, I want everyone to see the world the way I do. Like, and he's like, I'm, he's literally a, a papal vigilante. He refuses to work with anybody. He's above the law. Like, it's nuts. Yep. It's filmed. It just, like, the only way that this ends. Is if the this works out only when the Vatican is broken? <laughs> yeah. Do you have my permission to pray? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the only way this ends is if at some point, like Lenny comes out of the Vatican wearing essentially the papal equivalent of like the bat nipples. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, he's got this whole like this whole philosophy and spencer's like reading him like so easily and it's just like oh this is just because you're an orphan like you're just like a scared kid and you just want to like impose your suffering on everyone else Th this is a very weird scene for me because like he's right like spencer is very obviously right and lenny is like cut out the dime store psychoanalysis but like that's his whole character and the question is does the show think that Lenny is more complicated than that? Is he more complicated than that? And if not, has Spencer just identified one of the biggest characterization problems? Not that it matters, really, but, like, I don't really know who they think is right. I do know that in this scene, uh, <laughs> Spencer gets to say one of the really, really good lines in the trailer. I promise we're almost done going through these lines, but I really want to hit all of them because they all have a special place in my heart where he says, you want to make the world pay for the wrong it did you? You'll make a terrible Pope the worst. And Lenny, and like the camera just flies back again. And Lenny's like, stop hurting me. Yep. Pretty much. Um, yeah, that's basically, that sets us up for the next, uh, Spencer scene, which is a little later on where Skeletor makes a reappearance. We're basically, uh, Voyello, uh, has been like he he makes this like outburst uh, at Lenny when Lenny's sort of like asking him like why he was elected, and um, he's like you were supposed to be a bridge between my my politics and Spencer's, but like fuck you just uh and he just like curses and then just like recovers his, his composure and is like oh my god I'm so sorry and uh, Lenny basically threatens to have him deposed yeah. which like does not happen very often like not just removed from his position as Secretary of State like removed as a cardinal right just like you're out um, and so Voyello is like freaked out and goes with Skeletor to try to convince Michael to help them. That's there's this great shot where Voyello's like standing outside in the rain and it's like kind of exorcisty uh, and Spencer's like what like what makes you think I would want to talk to you? And then he just opens the door a little bit more, and Skeletor is right there, just like Sup. with his cane. He's just, like yeah. pushing the door open. He's just like sup. And uh, they're trying to convince Michael to to get uh, back in the game. Yeah, to just one last job. Um, uh, and Skeletor does this thing where he's like he's just sitting there with his hand <laughs> upturned and is just like shaking and moving it up. And Voyello says, "What's he doing?" And Spencer's like. He's lifting the weight of God. And the best, the best part of this scene, like maybe the best acting James Cromwell has done so far in oh the show. Oh my God, yeah. He's overcome he's with weeping. emotion. He's like, this guy is holding his hand out and it contains so much symbolic power. His shaking hand is such a potent metaphor that I will break down. It's how they get him back in the game because uh, Skeletor's like, the weight of God is very fragile and... 
as the po- as priests, we must dedicate our whole lives to lifting it up. And Spencer's just like starts weeping and is like, you've reminded me of my calling. Yeah, he's like, I gotta go. I gotta go back. He goes back down into like the secret room under and finds all of his his like cardinal weapons, straps them all back on. He's like, time <laughs> for one last job. I will say about this scene, I think this scene is the most positive about the church that the show has been so far. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really love it. I mean, I don't particularly you're not a fan. like any of the characters on this show, and yeah. I don't think you're supposed to. But I do... There's something really powerful about, like, the way that this scene reframes what the priests think that their job is. And as much as the show... I think probably correctly is like, yo, all these priests are mad venal and like gross and they sin all the time and they do all this like crazy shit on some level, most of them, or at least like these dudes seem to be committed to something that they perceive as greater than themselves. And I like, don't really want to be in a position to be like, I'm defending the church. Uh, but I was surprised by how much I liked this scene. Yeah, I know. I think that's important because, like, without that, it just it would be really easy to do this kind of show. It's just like everyone's self interested and everyone has schemes and stuff. And like, of course they do because they're people. But like, people have motivations, and those motivations aren't if they're just self interest. Then it gets kind of boring pretty quickly. So like, I think you need to have this. Kind it's of thing. it's not the Borgias. No, yeah, like they there are they people have ideals, and it's just a question of like what those ideals are and how they work to achieve them yeah and and he so so spencer comes out of retirement for one last job so, so, sir can i interject oh, yeah, for no, one absolutely. second i was really curious about the the lifting the weight of god thing and so i was like i'm just gonna google this real oh, quick i'm sorry and uh wow um so that does not turn up any results but the first result that did come up for me was a creation.com article called lifting for the lord can you can you tell me about it yeah what does that mean uh well um it's about a weightlifter named deborah lovely which is such a good name. That's a really good name. And um, yeah, she uh, she says that it's not for the glory of proving that she's you know the the best. And actually, this article says it's not for the glory of proving that she is the fittest of her race in classic Darwinian fashion. Um, <laughs> I, I love I how they're just like sneaking at jab. I was expecting this to be funny. <laughs> they're just sneaking a jab at evolution there. Oh. Um, no, it's it's because. Um, it's because she just like loves Christ and like is just you know that's why she lifts. She lifts for the Lord. Um, Maybe there will be a scene later in the show where they they're like, we can't we can't hold up the weight of God by ourselves. We need a ringer. Oh man, this isn't actually that funny. She's kind of horrible. <laughs> oh wait, so, no, no, now you have to tell me. Um, I often hear our country used to be Christian, but now we get to make our own laws. At a tutorial, she challenged that. I said to the group, well, what happens when everyone thinks murder is okay? They said that this would never happen. So I said, what about the abortion laws? And that shut them up. Oh, my God. Maybe they felt intimidated, wondering if I was about to pick them up and throw them. <laughs> oh, oh man. God. Deborah Lovely. Oh, no. Deborah Lovely. <laughs> we were so excited about your name. Oh, she's like... Oh, yeah. Anyway, so that's lifting for the Lord, not lifting the Lord. Wow. Could she lift the Lord? Could she lift God's weight? Could could God make a person so strong to lift God? Uh, That's the paradox. What if that was Lenny's homily? That would be really good. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now now I just, like, I'm very happy that the show is about a douchey American pope. I'm really glad there are not that many other Americans on it because they would all say dumb shit like this. Yeah. And like, uh, she's Australian actually. Wait, really? Deborah Lovely is Australian. Oh my God. Wow. Sorry, Americans. Mm, yeah, I'm maybe, actually not. I'm actually not, I'm actually not sorry. Hmm? Maybe it was <gasps> just a whole group of people. Wait, so she's Australian and she can lift really big things. Do you think that maybe she helped move? The kangaroo? The kangaroo! Who appears in this episode. Yeah, and that's perfect, because Lenny sees the kangaroo as he's leaving Spencer's apartment. It's true, and then it's gone, so maybe she just, like, snuck in and picked it up and carried it away. <laughs> he sees he sees the kangaroo, and they stare at each other for a moment as equals, and then he turns back around, and the kangaroo is just gone, because it's now, like, very obviously a mystical symbol. Right. Oh, my God, um, that's so good. All right, yeah. so I think we're adding this to our, our like... 
uh, I, I don't know if we're, if we're yeah we're developing like a young pope head canon or something yeah it's a uh, fan but theory she she definitely i think is the person who sent him the the kangaroo yeah she just threw the kangaroo to the vatican wow um so i think there's one last main scene that we got to hit in this with, episode with and then i think we're donezo the last lenny spencer scene um oh right the lenny spencer scene. yeah because that's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. were and kinda... then there's the esther thing so we'll yeah, do so yeah. Let's do yeah so the lenny the last lenny spencer scene spencer's like i'm back in the pope game i'm ready he goes and is very gracious and is like lenny i apologize uh i would like to accept your offer from the previous episode to be uh the prefect for the congregation of the clergy and Lenny's just like, nope, sorry, there's no more job for you here. And I think that's basically the end of the scene with James Cromwell just being like, no. Yeah, well, he's like, from now on, you will address me as your holiness. Yeah, as your holiness. In another, like, he does that to everybody. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's devastating. So now we're in a position where Spencer is, like, fully back in the Cardinal game. Uh, but he has, does not have the Pope's ear. And kind of is now broadly allied with the Cardinal Squad. Minus, um, what's his name? Oh, uh, Beard. Yeah, minus Ozilich. I don't think he's going to be, I think he's gone now. No, so. I know. So, the, he's, yeah. so he, he's replaced Ozilich in the Cardinal Squad, yeah. I think is what happened. Yeah, yeah, they had a vacancy. Uh, did you say a vacancy? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> Just saying. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good Voyello stuff in this episode, too, and I think we'll we'll hopefully get... He starts to become more sympathetic in this episode. He really does, and he has some really good scenes with Sister Mary, including, you know, he's the one who wanted to host the press conference, um, and, and they have this really good conversation about it in a scene that comes out right after, um... A, a very brief installment of uh, one of our favorite recurring segments here, our longest-running segments, Nun Sports, um, in which Sister Mary throws a basketball and misses the shot, and then the ball rolls over to Voyello, who's just sitting there waiting for her, because that's how people communicate in this version of the Vatican. Yeah, well, the Holy Spirit just sort of, like, guides the basketball <laughs> where it needs to be to bring these people together. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I think... So, we, we got to do the Esther stuff, too. Right. There's one last scene. Um, did Is this the first episode that Esther shows up in? No. No, so she's we, in the crowd. Yes. In well, and we two. met Esther in the last episode, because remember, she was having sex with her husband. Like, yes. That was, like, the bad yeah. sex at the yes. beginning of yeah, 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 the yeah. last episode. You want to talk about Esther sure. real quick? So, so uh, the Pope sees Esther just kind of, like, standing in St. Peter's Square, and he's like, who is she? I don't think he knows what that meme is, but I think that's basically what he does. <laughs> um, he's like, who is she? What's her at? Yeah. <laughs> and and he asks his assistant, uh, Father Valente, who is she? And he's like, oh, I know her. She's the wife of one of the members of the Swiss Guard. And Father Valente goes to bring her to the Pope. And it turns out that he's been having an affair with her, which like, <laughs> crazy. Everyone in the Vatican is fucking each other or something. Everyone has dirt on everybody else. Uh, so they go, and they meet with each other, and, like, it's very weird, uh, because Lenny very obviously likes having this woman who, like, wants to know him, um, but doesn't know him as well as Sister Mary or Spencer, so he has all of the power of being the Pope, and she has no emotional leverage on him, and... Uh, he kind of is like, it's not enough for you to have, she's like, I loved your homily. And cause she's like a very good Catholic. And he, he, uh, says it's not enough for you to have loved it. You must also perceive it and like really just kind of dig in and like understand the suffering that you're going to have to do to be a good Catholic. After which he faints for some reason. And she holds him in this like roughly Pieta esque pose where it looks like, you know, like she's holding him after he's been crucified or something. Um, and then he has a really good Pope dream in which he sees himself as uh, an altar boy running through the streets of Venice, chasing after his parents, which really does look like some outtakes from Batman Begins. <laughs> um, like that, this is a big moment because he's just like a little boy who kind of looks like Bruce Wayne in the beginning of that movie. And he's like running, like looking for his parents and like maybe bats will come out, like papal bats. Uh, and, and one thing I, I did want to say here, and hopefully we'll talk about this more in a future episode. 
His dad literally looks like Jesus. Like, he's a hippie who has just, like, big, shaggy long hair, maybe some kind of flower crown. It's unclear whether that's, like, the shit that they were into, which would make sense given that, like, nudity scene in episode one. Yeah, he just looks like white Jesus. He looks like the kind of typical Western depiction of Jesus. And I wonder whether that is meant to be a projection on the part of Lenny um, because he it, he his parents abandoned him so long ago. I don't think he really remembers them at all. He, he doesn't. And so this is just like him having this weird dream where like his father is Christ and his mother is Mary. I mean, yeah, his actual mother is Sister Mary. Mary yeah, it's very confusing. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, and he's going to find that he, he, he's at some point he probably will find his parents, I assume, and find out that his dad doesn't look a thing like Jesus. Um, That's right. Got that killer's reference. In this episode. <laughs> is that Check it? Check it out. Is that it? The killer's reference or, or the, 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 the plot of the episode? The episode. Uh, I think we did basically everything other than that, like, first scene. I mean, we, we should say, oh, there's, there is that last scene, but we can do that then if we want. Um, the Pope Gutierrez stuff. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where basically Lenny talks about, like, how he had this girlfriend, um, when he, before he went into the priesthood. And uh, while they're just sitting around drinking, he, orange he and Gutierrez juice. have this like kind of really broy, cool friendship. It's, it's very sweet. Yeah, um, he's like the only person he really seems to trust uh, from the Vatican. And uh, then he's like, he shows her, or he shows him how he impressed this girl when he was a kid by juggling these three oranges, um, and that's how he like won her over. And um, an important thing to know is there's this guy who just lurks around. Yeah, it's everywhere. like Voyello's guy. Voyello's, Voyello's man who, who lip reads. Who looks who looks like I would like to suggest a kind of like sleeker, fishier version of Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> is that a, Kelsey a, Grammer Fishman? Yeah, he's just Kelsey, and he's just like Kelpie Grammer. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! That's it. That's he's Kelpie Grammer yep. now. So Kelpie Grammer <laughs> is just like he runs. He runs to Voyello and is like, Voyello, my lord, <laughs> like, you, you must not understand the things that are happening with Gutierrez. <laughs> but he's basically um, he's one of Voyello's means of like getting dirt on people. And so between this, um, so like he finds out uh, he's like lip reading people, and then. Uh, Voyello like basically blackmails Gutierrez, but he finds out that he's an alcoholic. Like he finds this like all these bottles of gin like under his bed. Though though those bottles of gin, not the weirdest things in Gutierrez. He does have room. a number of stuffed animals, like a lot of stuffed animals. Like there it would are be a lot. like more stuffed animals than like my younger sister has in her bedroom. That is kind of strange. It's, uh, and it's, it's not really not remarked upon. No one cares. That's fine. Yeah, Voyello just is like holding one of the deer and like stroking it. Like a super villain, um, as he basically blackmails Gutierrez and is like, "You're going to tell me what you talk about with the Pope," and uh, he's like, "Oh, we don't talk about anything important, you know. Just like uh, he had a girlfriend when he was a kid." And well, I was like, "Interesting. Tell me everything." And that's going to be very important yeah, in the next episode. Yeah, um, I think that's it. I think that's about it. Did we leave out the scene where uh, she's falling asleep and he's calling a cab? Um, I don't know. Is that the next episode? Yeah, I mean, he definitely was ha having a smoke. That is true. Um, but no <laughs> one is allowed to take a drag because he's the Pope. That's true. Father that is Bri true. Father Brightside. <laughs> Let's go way back because this episode is the first in which there is a credit sequence. And wow, this credit <sighs> sequence. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's There really is so good. much happening. We basically see... Lenny walking from left to right oh, down do, this hallway. Do you want to do this father to Don Tommaso scene first, or do you want to do the intro sequence afterward? Uh, which scene? The the one where he's talking to to Don Tommaso about how he got elected in the conclave, and there's that like, and he literally says, "They chose a pope." Oh yeah, they chose a pope. They didn't understand. We we touched on that a little bit, but it's he. But he's the stuff he says in that scene. I do think before we get into the intro sequence, yeah, he literally just is like. I was sitting in conclave and I was like, not them, me, not him, me, 
Not them. Me. Make me the Pope. I don't care about loving my neighbor. I don't care about God. I don't care about anything. I'm a cool nihilist Pope. I spoke my new name and they were like, oh fuck, he's Pius the 13th. And then God was like, Lenny, you have illumined yourself. Fuck. And he does in <laughs> fact say the word fuck there. Like he just is like, fuck. And it's slowly zooming in on his face. Oh my God. And the shot just is pushing in like Don Tomaso just like, you know, as he does in all scenes, looks like he is has like just seen his parents fucking and like doesn't know how to respond <laughs> so he's like about to cry he's like what were mommy and daddy doing uh and 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 letty is just like mm, like they chose a pope they didn't know and today they begin to understand and the camera just zooms in on his face and it pushes in until it just is on his mouth and you see jude law's lips like moving just a little bit too much and for a little bit too long because this shot is like three uninterrupted seconds of Jude Law lips before we cut to the intro sequence. Just... And, and which maybe will come in, in handy if he ever fights Kelpie Kramer in a lip battle. In a lip sync battle. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, and it just launches right into the title sequence from there. And yeah, man, like, he's just walking down this hallway and past all of these paintings... And as he's doing so, this shooting star is flying through the paintings and sort of following him down the hallway. And I did find an article on a website called Daily Art Daily, which seems a, a little, um, you know, they just had it the first time. Um, I guess it's just called, no, it is called Daily Art Daily. <laughs> but I they, mean, that's what happens if you need to make sure that you get your, you art, get every, you get your art every day, every day. Yeah. Uh, they they do discuss all the paintings and basically the general gist is these these kind of I think they're arranged in generally chronological order like not in order of when they were painted but in order of the scenes they depict right mm, yeah. and um, they're sort of depicting things that they start off with like the birth of Christ so we've got this painting by Jared von Honthorst, the adoration good... of the shepherds <sighs> Jared von Honthorst. Jared von Honthorst. very good very who, good who was nicknamed uh, I I looked this up before we started recording was nicknamed roughly Gerard of the Night. So I wow. assume he was like the Nightman. Uh, Interesting of... fact about this painting that has to do with Nightman, which is uh, the mafia. It was, this <laughs> painting was destroyed in 1993 by the mafia in a bombing. Oh, no. I don't think they were specifically trying to destroy this painting, but like, it was we hate collateral Jesus. damage. Oh, that's uh, so where, kinda, where was it? Uh, Via del Giorgiofili. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah, everyone knows. Yeah, <sighs> Um, so we sort of move through, like, we've got Christ delivering the keys to heaven, uh, to Peter, the first Pope. And, and, uh, yeah, he, he acquired the keys, the, the, uh, progenitor of, uh, DJ Khaled. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, we've I, got uh... the conversion <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, Paul, uh, on the road to Damascus. And we've got the Council of Nicaea. Nikea. Yeah, this one is really good. So, so I would recommend pulling this one up because I, I'm curious who this is. Uh, this painting has like Jesus sitting in on the council as like a spiritual presence, uh, blessing the proceedings. Because this is kind of like when we have more recorded history of the church, but depicted under him and under all of the the people who are at this council is like a weird little dude with a beard, and I I don't know who it's supposed to be because he looks kind of like a cardinal and also like everyone kind of looks like a baby in medieval paintings. So yeah. I don't know that's who it is. That's how people looked at that time. Like, you know how dogs in medieval paintings looked really fucked up? Oh, that's yeah. That's because that's what actually what dogs oh, look like. That's true. Okay. I'm not I, making a joke right now. I didn't know It was that. before they bred dogs to look like dogs. They just looked like weird monsters. But that's <laughs> like, also what people fuck, looked like. That's awesome. Um, Everyone had like had like three fingers that extended out like a <laughs> Everyone foot had just like gold rings <laughs> around was, their heads. Yeah. Everyone was um, like, everyone was like, what's depth perception? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got Peter the Hermit riding a white mule with a crucifix in his hand and circulating through the cities and villages preaching the crusade. Brevity, mm. not one of Francisco Hayez's uh, virtues, you would say. Um, and he, uh, so Peter the Hermit was a key figure during the first crusade. Um, and uh, in this painting, or, you know, around this painting, apparently Jesus appeared to Peter the Hermit and bade him preach the crusade among the paupers and so this is the part i would say where the paintings start to predict like uh to depict 
increasingly crazy kind of terrible shit that the church is doing not so much this next one uh but we'll, we'll get to some worse right we've got second. saint francis receiving stigmata you which know. looks really good like it's this painting like, is great yeah it's like you've got christ as like this figure with like he's a bird he's like a bird with like a dozen wings and he's like firing these rays like that are giving <laughs> uh that are giving saint francis <gasps> stigmata they're, they're like they're like the laser pointer that that guy shoots at the pope in episode two <laughs> or hellraiser that basically it's like the hellraiser this scene. painting is intense yeah. it's really good uh, we've got saint thomas of villanueva distributing alms so that's good yeah that's nice uh we've got michelangelo presenting the model for the completion of saint peter's to pope pius Ooh. The fourth. Mm. And and this is important. So this is the first one uh, where this star that has been moving through the background of the paintings actually starts to affect them. So the first time you watch it, you're kind of like, oh, okay, like I see what they're doing. This is like a cool visual motif. Then it hits the umbrella that's covering uh, covering the Pope. And actually, do you, do you want to say a little bit about the star before we get on to right. the so, next couple paintings? So... Again, we're not experts. No, definitely not. Do we add that as a you know, disclaimer we, at the beginning we, of the, of we the don't, show? You don't need an expert to understand this stuff. We're just, you know, we're just normal people. Um, we have not been initiated we, into the mysteries. We're not elites. We, uh, we just, you know, we just look stuff up. We just look it up. You know, it's right there. The we're, facts. We're digesting a lot of very publicly available information for so your listening this pleasure. Is, I believe this is an eight-pointed star. We and according count. to the first Google result that I found, eight-pointed stars symbolize the number of regeneration and baptism. So that's interesting. Yeah. I don't think we're at a point yet where we could see... I guess that could relate He's to... He's regenerating the yeah. church. Well, and it, and it is related to... The thing, one of the things that Skeletor says to him, uh, which is that orphans can find new youth uh, later in life. So maybe is the that's the church an orphan. Maybe it is. Is all of humanity an orphan? Fuck, that's deep. From God. Fuck, that's so good. Hell How yeah. have nobody thought about this before? Nice. This is a this is a new idea. I just like everyone to know. Um, you're hearing this for the first time. Tm tm tm. Copyright copyright. Um. We've, we move on to the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre, which is basically in 1572. There, it's a wave of Catholic mob violence directed against the Huguenots, who were French Calvinist Protestants. Yeah, this is real bad. Like, we're kind of, this historically is at the point Doesn't where, like... Doesn't paint Catholics in a great light. No, where, where basically everything that everybody did was, like, a religious war. Um, yeah, and, and the church just, like, murdered a ton of Protestants in France... To the point where, so my cursory research, um, people estimated that before this, the Huguenots made up like 10% of the population of France. And after this, they were like 7%. I don't know how many people that is, but it's a lot of people. Um, and the craziest thing about this is that the Pope was super fucking into it. The Pope had a medal struck to commemorate this, like, sanctioned mob violence and was like, fuck yeah, that's some good shit. Which seems much more in line with the way that Lenny has been governing as a Pope uh, than, than any of the other paintings we've seen so far. Right. And at this point, yeah, the star in the background has turned into, like, a flaming meteor and is just <laughs> smashing through buildings, setting things on fire. And then we get to this last painting, which I didn't know was a piece of art uh because yeah it, it in the intro sequence the meteor the the star that is now a meteor flies out of the other painting hits the image of john paul ii who just is like chilling in the dark and smashes him to the ground and then as 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 the intro sequence ends it like flickers in neon lights the young pope as it's like over the like smoking corpse of john paul ii and like that is that's a piece of art by we Maurizio not- Catalan. It's this statue of John Paul II lying on the ground with this like rock just like crushing him. And so the title of that is The Ninth Hour, which alludes to the moment when Christ cries out, Why have you forsaken me on the cross? Um, and so the artist is Catholic. So like this, you know, there's like a few interpretations of this work. It could be like 
the degradation of the church through all of these scandals. Which do get mentioned in the episode. We miss it, but there yes, is there's like there an is ongoing talk of the sexual abuse scandals in, in the York. church. And um it's sort of set up for how Lenny's gonna handle that. And um and there's a lot of different you know, different interpretations of this. It's pretty laden with with symbolism. But in the uh in the opening sequence, the first play I read it was just like he is this shooting star that is gonna oh. just like totally like smash up the church and just like totally restructure it. Well, and and you can tell that because John Paul II, I think we can agree. Would you say that John Paul II is or at least appears to be an old pope? He is certainly older than than Lenny. Yeah. Yeah, so he he's been hit by this meteor that is like the young pope. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be the way that I read it at first. Right. Um I did leave out one important part of the oh, opening yeah. sequence before that last part, mm-hmm. which is that he's been walking down the hallway the whole time, and he turns to the oh camera. Oh my god! When when, he, when they get to the same bar, he's Paul in slow motion. Painting. He's oh walking down god, the hallway. Oh my god! He turns to the camera and gives an exaggerated wink. Oh god! And, and smirks. Oh my god! It's so. Did we mention that the music is uh, fucking good? A, an arrangement of "All Along the Watchtower." Yeah, by by this British musician named Devlin. Uh, an arrangement that at one point featured. Ed Sheeran, which Yikes. is maybe the thing I have liked the least about this show. Like, I love everything about this show. This hurt me, like, deeply. I am not happy about it. I wish I hadn't learned it, and I'm sorry I told all of you it, but we fucking need to know it's real bad. But it's this intense, like, and you're like, oh, good, like, I guess this is Battlestar Galactica now. Um, the Pope is a Cylon, I guess. Yeah, I, I like a really on the nose, but like beautifully on the nose musical choice. Maybe the musical choice equivalent of the wink. I think it's basically what it is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That opening sequence is so much. Um, now I think that's pretty much the episode. Do we do we have a Pope of the Week? Is John Paul II our Pope of the Week? Oh, maybe should our Pope of the Week be uh, the actual youngest Pope? Did yeah. we find him? I think yeah, that's yeah. a good... Yeah. Did we mention... Because I, I was just looking stuff up, and I found a wiki article called List of Sexually Active Popes. Oh, yeah. Did that's, we mention that already? I think we may have mentioned it in the first episode. That's a really good one. Or that one may have been a uh, list of martyred popes or murdered popes. Okay, youngest pope. Pope Benedict the Ninth. Okay. He became pope at an unknown age between 11 and 20. That's a big He's range. the probable youngest pope. Yeah, but that's it's kind of a big range, though. popes, because... We often, we didn't have information to determine the age of the youngest popes upon election. So there are four probable youngest popes. Mm-hmm. Pope Benedict the Ninth, uh, Pope John the Twelfth, Pope John the Eleventh, and Pope Gregory the Fifth. Do we want to pick one of those and uh, learn let's a little more Benedict. about him? Okay. Let's go, Benny. Yeah, let's What's his deal? His deal is he was the son of a count and the nephew of... Two other popes. Of, <sighs> and his father obtained the papal chair for him by bribing the Romans. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. He literally was like, Daddy, I want to be Pope. <laughs> to Papa, Papa. Oh, my God. Buy me the papacy, will you? <laughs> Holy Papa. Father, make me the Holy Father. Oh, oh please. <laughs> oh, my please, God. Please, Papa. Oh, I love it ever so much. That's amazing. His life was incredibly scandalous, and factional strife continued. Oh, my God. Although, in terms of theology... And the ordinary activities of the church, he was entirely orthodox. Uh, an an anti-papal historian wrote that it seemed as if a demon from hell in the disguise of a priest occupied the chair of Peter and profaned the sacred mysteries of religion by his insolent courses. Wow. So he he was not into the mysteries. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He oh. was the first pope rumored to have been primarily homosexual. Whoa. Nice. His life... Okay, uh, Pope Victor III, in his third book of dialogues, referred to his rapes, murders, and unspeakable acts of violence and sodomy. His life as a pope was so vile, so foul, so execrable, that I shudder to think of it. That's awesome. He was briefly, briefly forced out of Rome in 1036, but returned with the help of Emperor Conrad II. And then in September 1044, the opposition forced him out of the city again and elected John... Bishop of Sabina as Pope Sylvester the Third, and then Sylvester, I just was a terrible Pope name. Pope Sylvester the like, Third. No, I'm not into it unless it's the cat or the the performer. Yes. Oh my god. Um, and then he abdicated because he wanted to marry. 
um, and didn't think he could be the Pope. Wow. Yeah. So this this is the show that everybody thinks that the young this Pope is. This is the young Pope. He had three terms because he just kept getting expelled and coming <laughs> and back. coming back. It's like, don't call it a comeback. I'm like, oh my God. He's just keep, they keep pushing him out and he's like, mm, no, but I still want to be the Pope though is the thing. So Papa, he, Papa, let me be the Pope. Oh, Papa, d- d- Papa. So if you want the young Pope to be a show about a Pope who fucks, should ask your local congressman to make a TV show about Benedict. Is what it sounds yeah, like. he sounds. Just call your local local wild. offices. Um, so I think that this young, like probably gay Pope, has been underrepresented in history. Uh, and I would like to see a series where he's played by Jacob Tremblay. Yeah, Ango. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest Pope. The youngest Pope. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, is that all for this episode? I think that's... Did we miss anything? I, I think, don't think we got we it. Did. We nailed it. I really... Yeah, I think we did. Oh, I think we I... killed... We killed this. Yeah, we got it. All right, um, yeah, great job, everybody. We did it. We, We're, we, we, we managed to successfully avoid face planting the way that Esther does on her roller skates at the end of this episode. <laughs> um, and I think in a future episode coming up soon, we're going to try and have a guest on who knows something about Catholicism. So just to sort of balance out our perspectives, you know. Um, our, our, la- or our lack, lack of perspectives, yeah. <laughs> so look forward to that. And uh, until next time, uh, we're the Popes now. And we're the Popes now. Papal Bull is hosted by Merrick Kay and Eric Thurm and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Our recording engineer is Jeffrey DiLorenzo. Papal Bull is a special project of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at staymean.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at PapalBullCast and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.